Welcome to Soul Rio, a church where God is made center, families made stronger, and lives restored. Today's sermon is entitled Deeper Hope, presented by Pastor Floyd Silva on June 23rd, 2019. Good deal. Well, we're going to continue in our series, uh, what we're calling Deeper, and looking at the characteristics of the church. And so I'd, I'd encourage you to grab your Bibles. Uh, if you don't have one with you this morning, there's extras under the seat. Um, if you'd like to take one of those, you're welcome to. It's our gift to you. If you have somebody that, that might want one or need one, a friend or a family member, you're welcome to take it and share with them. We have plenty. And if we run out, we know a guy. All right? Just so you're, in case you're wondering, we know a guy where we can get some more. So we're going to be in Romans chapter 5. And uh, before we uh, start here this morning, I just wanted to kind of take a moment to remind us of a few things because I think it's important as the church, as the body of Christ, that that we gather together every Sunday and throughout the week from house to house and we remind each other of the sovereignty of God, the beauty and the splendor of His grace. And in this series, uh, what we've tried to do is we try to look at some very specific characteristics of the church, of who you and I should be. And I think sometimes we, we need to be reminded, just as we were in, in some of the songs that we just sang, that, that we are image bearers, that God created us in his image. And the beauty of that creation, the beauty of everything that God created is that for us specifically, mankind, that God, he, he actually breathed life into us. Isn't that, isn't that special? Isn't, isn't that amazing to think about? And I think sometimes uh, we get lost in all the, all the chaos of the world, the, the things that go on around us, the chaos of our kids, our family, and all the relationships that we deal with, and all the stuff that goes on, um, and we lose sight of the beauty that God created when he created every morning to look in the mirror and just tell yourself you're beautiful. And not in an arrogant way, not in, hey, look, check me out, you know, kind of stuff, selfie time, you know. But just in the simple reminder that you are fearfully and wonderfully made. That you have the characteristics of the living God. That God breathed life into you. He gave you a new day. See, in this series, as we entitled it Deeper, we've talked about unity. We've talked about relationships. we've, We've talked about love. And this morning, I want to take some time as we look at this passage in Romans 5 to to think about how we grow deeper in hope. And hope is is kind of a a funny thing because sometimes we we confuse hope with faith and faith and hope and we kind of mix the two, but they're two separate things. And next week, we'll continue in our series and we'll talk about faith a little bit. But this morning, what I'd like to do is talk about hope. See, this one characteristic that we as Christians should have because of Jesus Christ, each and every one of us should have this characteristic that we call hope. And I think we do, but I think at times our hope gets misplaced. Oh, I just sprayed it. You saw that. Darn it. See, discernment. Jesus is at work. See, our hope gets misplaced. See, the definition of hope is just simply a certainty with anticipation. It's something that I know is going to happen and I'm excitingly looking forward to it. See, we all know as Christians that, that Jesus is coming again. And so we have hope. We, we wait expectantly 
We have this excitement knowing that, that our Savior will come again and he'll redeem us, he'll restore us, and he'll take us home again, home with him. He'll remove us from this world that is just temporal and he'll take us home. Well, this morning I, I want to ask you the question is, is, do you have hope? Do you see that there's hope for this world? You know, again, I think most everybody has hope. And, and the reason why I think that, because as I, as I watch people live their lives, as I watch myself live my life, I realize that, that I put my hope into things. I, I put my hope into relationships. I, I put my hope into my wife, into my kids, into my family, into my job, into my monetary and, and worldly type things. You might be thinking to yourself, oh wait, you're a pastor, you shouldn't be doing that. Well, bear with me for a second because we have to understand something. We, we don't always realize that we're doing that. We're human, right? We're, we're broken people. Uh, we're, we're not perfect. You know, we, we've all fallen short. And so at times, I'll, I'll even find myself putting my hope in things and I, and I don't usually realize that I put my hope in that thing be, until that thing is gone. Until it's gone away. When I was a young man, you know, um, I grew up in, in a home that was pretty dysfunctional. My mom was a believer and my dad wasn't. You know, we, we had a family that, that kind of defined dysfunction, dysfunction. You know, we, we were the, the role model. If you look in the dictionary, you'll see a picture of my family, you know, extended and all as, as dysfunction. But, but even in all of that dysfunction, what I've learned and as I look back at the times that I've placed my hope into all of these things, whether it be a family member, a friend, or a job, is that that when I put my hope into those things, I always seem to walk away disappointed. I always seem to walk away hurt. I always seem to walk away with just not being satisfied. See, I I think it's true for most of us in our humanity is that, that we misplace our hope. I want to ask you this morning, what, what would happen if you're, if you're married this morning and, and both of you guys are, are believers, what, what would happen if your spouse walked away from their faith? What, what would happen if your kids walked away from their faith? Because many do. Many kids, as they go on to high school and graduate, they, they end up turning and putting their hope into the world. You know? what, what would happen if tomorrow you showed up at work and they told you, hey, you know what? You no longer work here anymore. Or even worse, what would happen if you, if you lost someone that you love deeply? See, all those things are, are realities of life. All those things are things that we kind of put our hope into. But the question this morning as we grow deeper in this is where have you placed your hope? And do you have hope this morning? Well, before we get into our passage, I'd like for us to bow our heads and, and just come into the presence of God. Father, we just thank you so much for this morning. We thank you for the word that you've given us this morning. We thank you for the time we have to gather to, to lift you up. Father, you are a holy God and you are righteous and worthy of our praise. And this morning, Father, free us from any distractions. Keep our hearts, our minds, our bodies, just everything that we have this morning. Just focus on your word this morning. Father, I pray that you would speak to us. 
that you would stir up this, this desire and this, this excitement and an understanding that we can have this certainty that Jesus is coming again. That we do have hope. And that hope is found in your son, Jesus Christ. Lord, we thank you for your love. We thank you for your grace. And we look to you in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, let's read Romans chapter 5. I want to look at uh, verses 1 through 11 this morning. And we'll read them together. Paul says, Therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Through him we have also obtained access by faith into this grace in which we stand. And we rejoice in hope of the glory of God. Not only that, but we re rejoice in our sufferings, knowing that suffering produces endurance, and endurance produces character, and character produces hope. And hope does not put us to shame, because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. For while we, were, while we were still weak, at the right time Christ died for the ungodly. For one will scarcely die for a righteous person, though perhaps for a good person one would even dare to die. But God shows his love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Since therefore we have now been justified by his blood, much more shall we be saved by him from the wrath of God. For if while we were enemies we were reconciled to God by the death of his Son, much more, now that we are reconciled, shall we be saved by his life. More than that, we, re we also rejoice in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received reconciliation. You know, as I, as I looked at these passages, all I could say was two words, Wow! <laughs> Isn't, isn't that such a beautiful picture of the certainty of God, the hope that God offers you and I? I mean, if you don't see that in this passage, man, I just pray that, that you would open your eyes and see the hope that God has given us through His Son, Jesus Christ. See, this response to the, to the Romans is one that you and I should pay close attention to. It's for us here today. See, Paul says, therefore, which simply tells us that there's this benefit that he's sharing with us as children of God. This beauty of this love relationship that God has created. And so this morning, I'd like to offer us a few things that I think we can gain from this passage. And the first is just simply, hope is only found in Jesus Christ. See, verses 1 and 2 Immediately, Paul points to Jesus. He says, Therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through who? Through our Lord Jesus Christ. And through him, through Jesus, we have also obtained access by faith into this grace in which we stand. And we rejoice in hope of the glory of God. See, the good news here is that Jesus has created this opportunity for you and I to have hope. It's the gospel message of Jesus Christ. See, hope does not exist without Jesus. See, we can put our hope in things. We can put our hope in people. But it's not true hope. It's not real hope. It's temporal. It's fleeting. See, Jesus Christ himself has bridged the gap between us and God. And as a follower of Jesus Christ, you have been made worthy because of Jesus. 
because of your faith in Jesus. See, hope is only found in Jesus. You might be asking yourself, well, why? <laughs> why? Why would you say that, Floyd? You know, it sounds like an odd question, but really we should ask why. We should learn to ask good questions when we read the Word of God. See, because there is nothing and there is no one that can save us from the penalty of sin. See, sin is a word that in our culture today that, that people don't like to hear, but the reality is that, is that you and I, we are sinners. We are broken people. We fall short. In fact, look, turn to Romans chapter 3. Listen to what Paul says here in chapter 3 in verse 20. He says it very simply. He says, For by works of the law, here's the key word, no, no human being, that's you and I, male, female, young, old, no human being will be justified in his sight. Since through the law comes the knowledge of sin. See, God reveals to us the understanding that, that, that we have sin, that we're a broken people. And it goes back to the Genesis story. It goes back to Adam and Eve. See, not one of us can offer or ensure anybody hope. See, if people put their hope in us, the reality is we're, we're going to let them down, but God won't. See, and then he continues in verse 23 and 24 in Romans 3. He says, here's why we need to be saved. He says, because all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God and are justified by his grace. See how he continues that? He says, Yo, we're, we're, though we are broken and we fall short because of Jesus, because Jesus is our only hope, you and I are justified by his grace as a gift. See, that's a key word in there. I'd encourage you to, to sp spend uh, a moment to kind of think about that word there, a gift, and what a gift is. And this gift comes through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. Do you see what Paul is getting at here? See, hope only comes through a personal, saving, redeeming relationship with Jesus Christ. Without it, we're hopeless. I mean, think about that. Without it, we're hopeless. What have you placed your hope in today? Is your hope placed in a Savior that lives? Is your hope placed in, in, in God's Son? Is your hope placed in the reality that God sent His only begotten Son, that whoever would believe in Him shall not perish but have eternal life? Is your hope placed in the knowledge of knowing that, that if you were to die today, that you would be in the presence of God for eternity? I hope it is this morning. And right now, if you would, I just want to ask us for a moment. Because I think this is important. Before we go any further, if you would just bow your heads and close your eyes with me. And wherever you are today, no matter what, what you're going through right now, I just want us to pray this prayer. And I need this prayer myself. I'm not just praying it for you. I'm praying this for myself also. Father, I, I've trusted everything and everyone except you. But right now, in this moment, Father, I just want to grow deeper in my hope. I want to I have that, that understanding that I know, that I know, that I know. I want to put my hope in your Son, Jesus Christ.
Father, I, I come before you and I turn from my sin. I repent of the things that have separated me from you. And I ask that you would show me the grace that is offered freely through this gift. This gift of salvation. This gift of your son. So that I may live with a certainty of your love. Father, I ask this morning that you would draw me near to you as I draw near to you. In Jesus' name, amen. See, we have to understand that it's only through Jesus that we can experience true hope. And though we have misplaced our hope, it's not too late. We still have time. Today, Paul says, is the day of salvation. Today, you can place your hope in the Son who is eternal, who is alive and living. See, you just need to give him your faith. You need to move your faith from the world to him. So I want to encourage you to know that, that the moments of hurt and pain that you might have experienced in your life, all the misplaced hope in someone or something else, they really truly haven't come in vain. Listen to what Paul says in our next couple of verses here because I believe what he's telling us is that, that hope is the product of suffering. You know, I, I tell people all the time, and I believe it, that, that there's, there's self-inflicted wounds and there's worldly-inflicted wounds. There's things that I, that I do to myself that just are hurtful. You know, mistakes that I make and, and foolish things that I'll do, you know, that, that just end up leaving me in hurt and, and, I, and I suffer through them and I, and I dig my own grave and, and I have to get my way out and, and, and lean on the grace and, and mercy of God. And then there's other things that the world just inflicts on me. Jesus said to himself that, that we'll experience trials and, and tribulation. We'll, we'll face hard moments in life. Those are all things that we can't control. But the beauty of all of that is that we don't go through this suffering in vain. God doesn't just leave us there. He sees us through it. And what does the psalmist say? Yea, I walk through the valley of shadow of death. Right? Do you, you hear that line, what it says there? Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. doesn't say, yea, though I get to go around it because I know Jesus. <laughs> See, Paul tells us here in verses 3 and 4, he says, not only that, but we rejoice in our sufferings, knowing that suffering produces endurance. And endurance produces character. And character produces hope. I'll tell you, I'm a little bit of a character if you know me. So, so I know God's working. <laughs> so my hope is as I draw deeper in my love relationship with God is that God would produce that hope that I would, I would be anxious and excited for those moments and I'd have this certainty so much so that I would rejoice. Rejoice in the hope of God's glory. Hope in the knowing that, that I get to one day sit in the presence of God. That Jesus will come again or I'll go to him. But either way, I have a hope. See, our pain, our hurt, our suffering, it all leads to a stronger you. Do you believe that this morning? Do you believe that? I, I don't know where you're at this morning. I, I don't know what you struggle with. I don't know what you're going through. 
You know, you might walk into church this morning with a big smile, but behind that big smile, maybe there's some, some relational dynamics. Maybe, maybe there's some, some sickness, you know, some illness that you're struggling with. Maybe there's a family member right now that, that you're just brokenhearted over. I, I don't know, but I got to imagine there, there's probably a, a large um, dynamic of different hurts and, and struggles and pains. And, and I'll tell you, I, I have my own struggles you know, there's family members that, that I love deeply that aren't walking with Jesus right now that, that I pray for daily. You know, we talk about our one and I've got like a thousand, <laughs> you know. But I'm focusing in on one or two of them right now because I believe God is focusing in on one or two of them. And you know, we all carry luggage or baggage with us. We all have hurts and brokenness. But hope, hope, it's the product of these sufferings. What I believe truly that in those moments, in these this tough moments that we deal with, the things that we go through when we watch other people be hurt or when we're hurt ourselves or we have illness or other people have illness, I truly believe that God is teaching us something. He's teaching us more about who he is. He's teaching us more about his grace and his mercy and his sovereignty. He's reminding us that, that he loves each and every one of us. You know, I may have shared this with you before, but I went through a tough moment not too long ago in my life and had to deal with some things that I just didn't know how to deal with. And in those moments, I reached out to a friend and I just kind of asked a question and another pastor and, and asked a few questions and shared with him what was going on with, in my life and just the struggles and the pain. And, and uh, the first sentence, because we, we corresponded via email, the first sentence that he shared with me, he says, this is God's grace. And I had to think to myself for a moment, what? <laughs> God's grace? See, in these moments of suffering, in these moments of pain, God's grace is revealed to us. See, hope is the product of our suffering. Listen to what James says in chapter 1, verses 3 and 4. He says, For you know that the testing of your faith produces, there's that word again, produces steadfastness. And let steadfastness have its full effect, that you may be perfect and complete and lacking nothing. Perfect, complete, lacking nothing. See, what that tells me is that God is teaching me in these moments. God is showing me something because he's moving me to a place that I never thought I could go. He's taking me somewhere that he can use me and giving me an opportunity to be used. See, hope is the byproduct of the tough moments we'll go through as children of God. But make no mistake, without placing your hope in Jesus, you will still feel hopeless. You'll never experience true hope. See, the only way to experience this is to understand, and this is our last point here, is that hope is the certainty of God's love. Look at verse 8 and 9 in Romans 5. It says, God show, but God shows his love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Let's read that again. God shows his love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ did what? He died for us. See, that's God's love. Since therefore we have now been justified by his blood, much more shall we be saved by him from the wrath of God. 
See, there can be no question that God loves us. He's proven it to us over and over and over and over and over again. Seven times 70. And for me, a million times a million. So to infinity and beyond. It's what God tells me every day. He says, I love you regardless. See, that brings me back to the point I made at the beginning. That sometimes we, we just need to remind ourselves that we have been created in God's image. That God has given us his characteristics. That God has breathed his breath so that we might have life. See, the point of all that is to show us how deep his love is for you and I. See, because hope is the certainty of God's love. It's an understanding that we have this love. And no matter when we fall short, no matter how good we are, no matter how bad we are, God still loves us because it says God shows his love for us in that while we were still sinners. God loves us. Then 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 3 and 4, he affirms this. He says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. According to his great mercy, he has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. To an inheritance, listen to this, that is imperishable, undefiled, and unfading, kept in heaven for who? For you. For you. Yeah, there you go. I was hoping you'd point back at me because I, I want to have hope. <laughs> For you. See, now, that's what I call love. See, it's a love that's imperishable. It's undefiled and it's unfading. It's a love that I truly could never give somebody. You know, I always say that, that I love to love my wife. And as hard as I, I try to love her and as, as well as I do sometimes, there's just moments when I just don't love her well enough. Now she'll argue that point. You know, she may, in her, in her loving, kind, and gracious way, may argue that point. But the reality is, I could never love her like God loves her. See, the point of what Paul is saying here is that we have a hope and we need to place our hope in Jesus Christ. We need to trust and have this certainty, this, this anticipation and this excitement knowing that our Savior is coming again, that he has restored us, he has redeemed us, and that he has at work in us because he wants to work through us. So, yeah, and we can be certain about this love. Well, as we end our time this morning, I want to ask you a question. And it may be familiar to some of the older generation because I know uh, a lot of people used to use this term or this phrase a lot and it's simply this, do you know that you know that you know? Do you know that you know that you know? Have you heard that term before? Have you applied that to your life? Do you know that you know that you know? Do you have a certainty this morning? Do you have a hope? Have you placed that hope in Jesus? Do you know that Jesus is your only hope? Do you know that God loves you right where you stand? Do you know that his desire is to redeem you, to restore you, to give you life everlasting? Do you know that you know that you know? See, this knowledge, if you know this, should lead you to a deeper hope 
And it's a hope that is certain that no matter whatever happens in life, no matter what anybody else does, that hope will always be yours. That hope is yours. And here's why we know that Paul kind of ends this here for us in verses 10 and 11. He says, Because for, while, for if while we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of his son, much more that we, were rec- the, that we are reconciled shall we be saved by his life. More than that, we also rejoice in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received reconciliation. Is your hope found in Jesus this morning? Well, I hope it is. I truly hope it is. I hope it's not found in me. I hope it's not found in the person sitting next to you. I hope it's not found in your work or what you're hopeful to do tomorrow or the next day. I hope that your hope is found in Jesus because he is the one true hope. Let's pray together. Father, we come into your presence and we give you praise. We thank you so much that you offer us a living hope that our Redeemer lives. He is alive and he is sitting at your right hand right now and he is praying for each and every one of us that we might have this hope, that we might be restored in the brokenness, that we might be redeemed in an understanding and knowing and a knowledge of the love that you have for us, Father. Father, this morning we draw near to you in hopes that you would draw near to us, Father. Lord, we thank you for the grace that you showed us on the cross, the gift of salvation that you gave us through your Son, Jesus Christ. And Father, this morning, I want to take a moment, Father. You know the hearts that are here. You know my heart. And so, Father, I want to pray for our hearts right now. Father, I I pray that, that the things that you fill our minds with, the things that you show us and the things that you teach us, Father, that they wouldn't just stay in our head, that they wouldn't be just good knowledge for us to kind of share with others and tell people about, Father, but we would take that knowledge, that understanding, and that we would allow it to change our hearts. Father, that, that, that you, your spirit, would change our hearts, that you would soften them, Father. And Father, if we need new hearts, I pray that you would give us new hearts. Father, hearts that desire you, hearts that seek after you, hearts that will follow you. Father, hearts that would be obedient to your calling, Father. Hearts that that would humble ourselves and bow before you and serve one another, help each other, encourage one another. And Father, just truly point each other to Jesus Christ. Father, those are the hearts that we desire as we grow deeper together as a family, as we discover these characteristics, these things that you've given us, how you've created us and shaped us, and how you're continuing to show us the things that you have for us, the areas in our lives that you want to change, Father, the areas in our lives that you want us to surrender to you. So, Father, this morning, I pray that this morning we would do that that we would allow your word to penetrate our hearts. That we would be grateful and thankful and rejoice in our suffering, knowing that our suffering produces hope. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening, and we pray you were blessed by today's message. You're invited to worship with us Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. For directions and information about Sol Rio, 
and our weekly events, please visit our website at soulrio.com. You may also contact us by phone at area code 505-792-8737 or email us at info at soulrio.com. At Soul Rio, we're a community of followers of Jesus Christ, committed to live by faith, to be known by love, and to be a voice of hope to our community. We invite you to go with us on this journey.